0: I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the News Jour. I hope all of your weeks got off to a great start yesterday, and we have a ton of international news to go over right now, so let's just get to it. So for our first story today, we kind of actually have like a double header, two stories that both talk about China. So for the first one, China landed on Mars. I wanted to let you guys know that on Saturday, China actually became the second country to ever successfully land a spacecraft on the planet Mars. I say successfully, though, because the Soviet Union did technically touch down on Mars, but their mission ultimately failed as the spacecraft stopped transmitting information just shortly after landing. The plan is for the Chinese rover to stay for a few days to conduct some tests, and while this is going on, the U.S. actually still has its own rover on Mars, if you remember. It's named Percy. Very cool. Exciting to learn more about this new planet and to see other countries prioritizing space exploration. But for our second story on China today, we are discussing the targeting of Muslim women. Now, I wanted to give you guys a little heads up. We're going to start in a place that that's very different than that. It's kind of a longer story, so just bear with me while I get to that topic. So, birth rates have been a super interesting thing in the country of China. So, A long time ago, there was an actual campaign to get the Chinese people to make more babies. And that's when we saw the population boom. And then the pendulum kind of swung the other way. And there was a law dictating that each family could only have one child. You guys may remember that. Um... You know, the, the one-child law in China was something that was kind of well-known internationally, um, but that then swung the pendulum the other direction, and now a campaign for having kids is once again underway. This makes for just a pretty bizarre obsession by this government on reproductive, you know, pace. Um, Off the top of my head, I don't really know of any other countries that have conducted such in-depth pushes or rules against childbirth, and the manipulation of this process has had some serious consequences that the government is now left addressing. For example, there are children that have been born in secret that the government has never been notified about because of the one-child laws and fear by those parents of getting in trouble. And given the preference for sons as well, the population of China is now much more male-leaning because people were more likely to um, abandon or abort a female fetus. And so they ended up with a lot more men in China than women. But like I said, China is now once again having to encourage people to have babies because the population is so male dominated that their population is really on the decline. And that's kind of how this whole thing started in the first place was with that original push for more babies. And that's what's happening now in most of the country. They're pushing for childbirth, more babies, more people, but not in one region. And there may be a darker reasoning behind this. So in the Xinjiang region of China, where the population is mostly Muslim, they're not being Uh, encouraged to have babies. In fact, it's quite the opposite. This is also an autonomous region, and that's very important to this topic and understanding what's going on there. An autonomous region in China is essentially a part of China that also has its own local government. There are actually five areas like this in China a lot of them consider themselves to be completely separate cultures that are being held under the control of China against their will. You've likely heard of some of these regions before, like Tibet and Mongolia. The autonomous region where we're discussing today, though, is Xinjiang, and it's located in the northwest of mainland China. And reports are now coming through that women there are being required, required to have contraceptive devices implanted into them, often against their wishes. Even 50-year-old women are having to undergo these painful procedures to have the implantations done. Meanwhile, the rest of the country is running a campaign to increase childbirth. So you have to ask, why not in Xinjiang? Their birth rates are also super low there. So that leads to one sinking conclusion. This is an attempt at ethnic cleansing. But in China... Ethnic cleansing, especially in this instance, may be less about race and religion, although those elements are certainly playing a role. But this is more likely about this region's people asserting a challenge to mainland China and the Chinese government. You see, the Chinese government, they have a bit of an imperialist thing going on. Like I mentioned before they've kind of laid claim to these periphery regions that are not a part of China. In fact, Tibet's story is one that I'm intimately aware of because I actually did a homestay with Tibetan refugees in India who literally walked over the Himalayas to escape Chinese rule in their native Tibet. They described to me the pain of having to leave their home country, but only made more painful by the Chinese military having taken over their home country and forbid them to practice their religion, Tibetan Buddhism, or even discuss the Dalai Lama, their spiritual leader. Their own culture was being squashed day by day as children were forbidden from even learning Tibetan in schools. They were forced to speak Chinese instead. This type of thing is happening in Xinjiang too. Only this behavior is accompanied by reports of literal concentration camps. Yep. And what We have talked about in past decades in Russia, they look for any reason to throw someone in prison. The surveillance is out of control and would be extremely illegal here in the United States. They listen to people's conversation and report them for the smallest things. We are essentially seeing a slow roll genocide occurring in this area and potentially other autonomous regions in China. This is widely known and accepted, though, as it may be one of the very few things that the Trump and Biden administrations have agreed upon. You know it's bad when both of those groups can call a spade a spade. This is a slow-roll genocide. So, what's to be done about this? As always, it is so important to raise awareness— Educate yourself further than this podcast. I really challenge you guys to explore the topic of Xinjiang online and Tibet. Xinjiang is spelled actually X-I-N-G-I-A-N-G. And definitely speak out about this topic over coffee, in the office, on your social media, etc., putting pressure on international leaders to solve this issue is really the only way to get big things done. Let's get it, you guys. And tag us if you share this info on your social media, and we will keep you guys posted on what's going on. So I know that last story was really tough to hear about. Trust me, it was tough researching it, um, just hearing about everything that's going on and how dire it is. But unfortunately, we have yet another very serious international issue to talk about today. And that is an update on the crisis in India. So a big thing is going on right now in India, but it's a compiling issue. On top of the COVID crisis. The swarm of people waiting to exploit the crisis for their own benefit. Yes, with the world's worst COVID 19 outbreak underway in India, so many from different walks of life are taking advantage of it. For example, An empty oxygen canister is something of serious value in India right now. It can be refilled and brought to those gasping for air. Well, the company that makes them doubled their price from $100 to $200, outraging community members. And it was discovered that that same group was actually selling fake ones as well to desperate people. Cyber criminals are also coming out of the woodworks, offering to sell people badly needed oxygen tanks and other crucial medical supplies that are in short order, taking people's money online or over the phone and disappearing without a trace. The Delhi police have explained that these criminals were always out there and always working on these type of crimes. But This crisis presents new opportunities with the high number of people who are distracted right now and desperate. Fake remdesivir also has been discovered, reused funeral shrouds being sold as new ones, hoarding has become a huge problem, a black market for plasma has developed, and even politicians have been caught threatening those who are publicly crying out for supplies as it is a bad look for those who are in power at the moment and failing to lead. One politician was even found selling beds at the hospital, as in selling like a spot at the hospital. That's where they're at, you guys. You need to be able to bribe a politician in order to get medical care. People are also asking for upfront cash, thousands of dollars, to secure medications that are loosely, at best, helpful for COVID-19. The situation has obviously become dire, and morality seems to have gone out the window. Definitely check in on any friends you have in India or with family in India and see if there's anything you can do to help. And if you're extra motivated to help, you can always call your representatives on Capitol Hill and let them know you'd like to see the U.S. send more aid to India. That's how big things would actually really get moving. Let's hope we see a shift soon. One last quick story before you guys go. I wanted to make sure you had a heads up about this. There is a major abortion case headed towards the Supreme Court. So there was a court case coming out of Mississippi that could potentially call into question Roe versus Wade, the Supreme Court case that keeps abortion legal here in the U.S., The new case is called Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization, and it will not be heard until October of this year. A decision would most likely not be made until spring or summer of 2022. But I just wanted to keep you guys posted, as this will be a big deal and definitely something to pay attention to when it happens. Stay tuned. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed people can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on Apple Podcasts would mean the world to us and really help us be able to keep creating the news du jour for free for you guys. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, sugarfree underscore media on Twitter, and just sugarfreemedia, all one word, on TikTok. You can also subscribe to emails on our blog so that you get an alert every time we have a new post or an announcement. And that's at www.sugarfreemedia.co. Again, that's sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoy and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our sugar-free media logo is by Katherine Jezik Designs. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from. Oh. Oh.